Welcome everyone to the feminist history party you've been waiting for. This is Nevertheless She Existed. This is the podcast about the women of history who were underappreciated, overlooked, or sometimes completely forgotten about. But not tonight, Satan. Or whatever time of day you're listening to this podcast. Satan. The stories you'll hear on this podcast are recorded live in New York City at Caveat, your favorite speakeasy that gets you a little smarter and a little drunker on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Every month we do a deep dive into a different topic within women's history, and this month we're doing witches. Down the line, you can look forward to stories of explorers, journalists, spies, and other really, really fun things. Super fun. Every episode, Molly and I will dish on a tiny corner of women's history, provide a little bit of framing, a dash of context before introducing the main story. One kick-ass woman from today will tell a live story about a woman from the past. We got comedians. We got rappers. Literally Princeton professors. Literally. (laughs) And they're all raising a glass to the women who should absolutely be in your history book. We are putting those ladies back in. You know what the opposite of redacting is? What is it, Molly? It's adding bitches one by one until it's called a bitch book instead of a textbook. <laughs> All right, no. Okay, I tried. <laughs> um, my name is Molly Gaby. I'm the co-host of this podcast. I'm a damn queen. I'm a comedian and abortion doula, and I never met a condiment I didn't like. Ooh, my name is Kylie. I also make people laugh. I'm also a co-host in this podcast. Uh, I'm a caveat producer and a tour guide at one of the most prestigious art museums in the world. I'll let you guess which one. The Hoagie Museum. Absolutely. We're kicking (laughs) off our first series with something a little spooky. Woman in power. That's right. The most popular Halloween costume of 2018. She's haggard. Her skin is green. She's shrill as hell. And also a little empowered. She's a A witch. witch. (laughs) That's right. We're talking witches. The idea of magic women literally goes back as far as civilization. As soon as humans start settling down, they start looking around and noticing, hey... Agriculture is cool, but also, are women magic? Mm-hmm. They definitely are. I started noticing that, actually, when I watched The Craft for the first time. Oh, really? Why is that? Because I'm gay. What? <laughs> I mean, it made me gay. <laughs> it made me realize it. That's lovely. Mm, thank you. Women have always been the ones to deliver babies, practice rituals, cure illnesses, and take care of the whole damn tribe. They really can have it all, Kylie. They sure can, Molly. But at some point, we see a shift, right? From magical ladies are awesome to evil women will cast a spell to rip your penis off and keep it as a pet. Expecto no scrotum. We'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. So let's track that change, right? Before we hear the stories of our witchy sisters of yore, we need some context. Let's do a deep dive into what the hell it means and has meant to be a witch. A brief history of witches in five minutes. Let's fucking go! Okay, (laughs) one of the first times we see this whole ladies are magic thing is in the text of the Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Tiny! Pliny the Tiny. He probably for sure got bullied with that nickname. A hundred percent. Oh, Pliny, which is why he's such an ally. Uh, What an ally. Pliny is one of the few white bros from history whose manhood was not threatened by a woman who knew her way around a cauldron. 
My main man, Pliny, wrote that a menstruating woman who walks around naked can scare away lightning. And he also wrote that even when not menstruating, she can lull a storm out to sea by stripping. You know, Molly, now that I hear this, I think maybe this Pliny dude was just trying to get a lap dance. I hear you and I see you, but I feel like his heart was in the right place. You're right. He's an ally looking for a lap dance. Pliny the ally. Pliny the (laughs) tiny ally. So how do we go from lightning ladies on the rag to evil witches on the broom? Well, you gotta look no further than the Catholic Church. <laughs> so for a long time, the Catholic Church was super chill with magic ladies, which I love. In the year 906, the church drops its really sick album, the canon Episcopi, which basically said, you dumb if you believe in witches, it's a bunch of malarkey. Malarkey. Love that word. But then in rolls the Inquisition, and as happens so often the church, they go from being totally chill with something to suddenly being doodly not. In the 1400s, the Inquisition started to shift from targeting Jews and heretics to targeting witches. Hating women can really catch on quick, you know? Uh, so the Dark Ages were a really superstitious time. No science plus poop everywhere equals straight up hysteria. That's history math. <laughs> When the plague hits in the 1300s, they need someone to blame for all the suffering. The devil was a pretty good target. And who were his willing minions, Kylie? You guessed it, Molly. Women! (laughs) Yes! Ladies, word on the street was women were morally and spiritually weaker than men, therefore more susceptible to the whims of an insatiable demon beast. Mm -hmm. And look... I've had a few summers in New York City. I have mm-hmm. been susceptible to my fair share of insatiable demon beasts. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. all work at Google. They're all monsters. <laughs> you do have a type. But I do get free rooftop drinks. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've met them all at rooftop bars. <laughs> Red flag. Let's keep it going. We're going to be here for a while. Mm-hmm. So what happened after people decided that lady was knocking hooves with that demon beast? Well, it wasn't pretty. Women were burned at the stake. Pressed to death. Drowned. Hanged. For doing pretty much anything that transgressed traditional feminine norms. So let's name just some of the things we did at work today that could have got us axed. Belched openly at work. I wore pants. I ate meat on a Tuesday. I drank a cute little newborn's blood. Woo! JK about the meat. I had a salad. You have a type. I have a type. So Molly, say I was a misogynist who hated women but didn't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole of proving they did anything wrong whatsoever. Well, Kylie, there's a life hack for that. Mm. All you had to do was accuse a lady of being a witch. Like a fast pass for murder. Exactly. Witch trials of yours were kind of lacking in the justice department. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the sink or swim test. That was where a woman was literally just thrown into the water, and if she didn't drown, she was a witch and was burned at the stake. And what if she did drown? She's dead. But also probably a witch. Statistically, yes. Uh, (laughs) Real lose-lose situation. That's witch logic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout-out to those unfortunate men who also got accused of being witches. Not everyone was immune, but by and large, it was women who were the targets. They outnumbered men as victims of the European witch hunt at a rate of 100 to 1. I'm going to pour out some Sauv Blanc to those guys. Mm -hmm. We love our male witches. So people started to get a little more creative about their witch lore during the Renaissance. This is when witches got a bunch of cool new powers and people started to believe that witches could steal men's genitals and keep them as pets. Well, that's statistically 
Accurate, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this boon of creativity also led to a lot of killing ladies. During the 15th to 18th centuries, it is estimated that 40 to 50,000 people were executed in Europe. It's the trend that just won't quit. And this hysteria still persists today, as women in Africa, Asia, and South America are still being hanged, burned at the stake, and beheaded for the crime of being a woman, or more often than not, for being a lesbian. Okay, yeah, okay, because God forbid a woman has no interest in a man, it must be the devil's work. And I gotta say, uh, Kylie, the devil is really putting in some overtime at my apartment. Yeah! <laughs> Did I mention I'm gay? The witch is feared because she is powerful. And she is powerful because she harnesses the power of the feminine outside of any influence or control of man. She can kill your crops or steal your dick. Knapsack full of sex. She'll do it. She can cure your ills. She can deliver your triplets. And the whole time she cannot give a fuck what you think. So they burn women like this to get rid of the threat and to send a message to other insubordinate witches that they could die for this too. Spoiler alert. It didn't work. We're still here. Boo. (laughs) We are thrilled to bring you the first episode in the Nevertheless She Existed Witches Get Stuff Done series. First up, we're going to hear about Matatuccia de Francesco, as told by Anna Bianco. On this episode, Anna Bianco will tell us the story of Matatuccia, a badass nun in Italy who died in 1428. She had the unfortunate distinction of being part of one of the first witch trials in Europe. So a little context on old Matatuccia. Matatuccia. Mm-hmm. So her trial pretty much spawned the literal book on witch hunting. Mere decades after Medituccia's death, a bitter, lonely, dorky old monk with a chip on his shoulder would write a manual on how to identify and kill a witch, a.k.a. any unruly woman. Dork! He's such a, like, honestly, he's a dork. He's a dork. He reminds me of all these Republicans uh, who are excuses for humans, who are passing all these laws uh, that say that we do not have a right to control our own bodies. Republican dorks. (laughs) They're dorks. I just want to grab their faces and look in their eyes and say, who hurt you? For them and for our proto-incel MRA monk, the answer is a a woman. woman. It's always a woman. It's always a lady. This monk's name was Heinrich Kramer, who wrote the Malleus Maleficarum. Okay, uh, I feel like you just hexed me, but we'll deal with that later. Um, In the late 1400s, he attempted to prosecute a powerful woman in town for witchcraft. And as a result of this, the townspeople were definitely not having it. And they banned him for being an actual bag of garbage. So he was laughed out of town. The townspeople were like, you're crazy. Then he did what many young men do when their pride is hurt. He started brainstorming ways to destroy all women. And thus, the Malleus Maleficarum was born. Yeah, uh, this thing was a New York Times bestseller. For 200 years after its publication, this book was only second to the Bible in sales, okay? It's a lot. It's wild. Yeah. This book, which has been described as sexually neurotic, includes... (laughs) I feel like that's a direct quote from me. (laughs) Um, this book, which has been described as sexually neurotic, includes lines such as, when a woman thinks alone, she is evil. And 
what else is a woman but a photo friendship, an unescapable punishment, mm. a necessary evil, okay. a natural temptation, sure. a desirable calamity, uh-huh. a domestic danger, right. a delectable detriment, an evil of nature sure. painted with fair colors. Oh. I don't know about you folks, but I need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> I need a new chair. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, man, this guy is really transparent. Oh, Lord. Um, we see right through you, man. I mean, Kramer went above and beyond with this book to make the witch thing a gender-specific attack. To him, women were oversexed lust whores who found Lucifer's pickup lines too much to resist. In his book, Kramer said that you can spot a witch by suspicious marks, moles, or blemishes. You know, like any freckle or birthmark. Exactly. Okay. He also said you can spot a witch by the telltale third nipple to suckle a demon. Whoa, okay. In my book, that woman automatically becomes president. Third nipple, 2020. Third nipple, 2020. I'm donating all my money to them. <laughs> <laughs> Write it in. Yeah. But honestly, you didn't need a third nipple to be accused of being a witch. You're a woman who didn't have kids? Witch. Too old? Witch. Too young? Witch. Your neighbors couldn't conceive? Definitely a witch. You poor? Witch. Financially independent? For sure, a witch. You're part of a girl squad? Def a witch. You like mayo on your sandwich? Bitch, you a witch! If you went against the church or crown in any way or, or transgressed traditional societal norms, you would likely find yourself caught up in the witch hunt. Whew. Okay. We need a chance to catch our breath, have some whiskey. You need a chance to sit back, relax, and enjoy somebody else talking. This is Anna Bianco telling the story of Metatuccio De Francesco. We'll let Anna take it from here. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, we're going to redirect slightly. Want to take a second? We are in the 1400s in the rolling hills of Italy. My friends, my ancestors are kicking it, so you knew it was a good time. (laughs) But we are here to focus on Matuccia. Matuccia was a nun, but she was also a witch. And nobody had any trouble with that. See, this wasn't really a dichotomy. A lot of Italian nuns were also witches. In their ceremonies, this is a real picture of a 1400s (laughs) Italian nun ceremony. They would invoke the Virgin Mary. And everybody thought that was super cool because she was the baddest bitch around. She had big witch energy. Everybody was thrilled. (laughs) Now, some of my favorite Matutra spells were actually documented. She was specializing in potions specifically. One time a lady came to her and said, I'm so sad. My husband doesn't want to bone me anymore. My friends, there's a very easy fix for that. The solution is you take a bird, you burn it up to ash, you put it in his wine, and there you have it. (laughs) My friends, if putting burnt birds in men's wine isn't feminism, I don't want to be a feminist. (laughs) There were also other options. A woman came to her and said, I'm so sad my husband doesn't love me anymore. Also an easy fix. Matucha gave her an egg, and she gave her some herbs to put in it. That made him love her again plot twist he actually very much disliked it and was angry for several days somebody thought that was very important and wrote it down (laughs) this is my absolute favorite spell so one woman was upset because her husband kept fucking his mistress this is very relatable so 
She figured, go to Matucha. Matucha says, take a bird, feed it some sugar, then take some wine and dilute it with water that you use to wash your feet. Feminism. (laughs) Then you're going to feed all of that to your husband and no more mistress boning. Here's the thing. I think this can feel a little like Cosmo, 10 ways to bewitch your man, right? Like in a contemporary context, this is very much in terms of dudes. But in terms of the 1400s, women could not live by themselves. Not in like a, I just can't live without him. Literally, you were not allowed. So if you were a woman, you either had to go to a nunnery, which could be lit, right? But (laughs) generally, it was pretty boring and really hard work. Or you needed to live with a male relative, which means if your husband chooses to, say, leave you, it would actually ruin your life. So this is a way of empowering women. Yeah, it's in terms of men, but that's because these are the power structures that these women are working within. Here's the thing, my friends. I don't want you to think that Matucha was just here to prop up the institution of marriage. She was here for a fun time. She would also give out love potions to anyone who wanted one. And she was really big on contraceptive. So if a woman wanted contraceptive, super easy. You just take mule hooves, roast them till they're ashes, and eat them. (laughs) Which makes total sense, right? This is actually what is the active ingredient in my contraceptive. Um, So she was a... (laughs) She was a woman ahead of her time, you guys. Here's the thing. There's always a villain. The summer of love, 1428, could not go on. Enter Bernardino, a man skilled in the magic of the patriarchy. So Bernardino, he was a Franciscan monk, and he actually went on trial for heresy. That radicalized him. And he became a Catholic witch hunter, which is less fun than it sounds. His whole deal was he would find women and put them on trial And this is actually really linked to the heresy stuff. So for men, you would be accused of heresy. That's going against the church's doctrine. Witches, they were women who couldn't fully be a part of the church. Their heresy is communicating with the devil. Women can't be powerful on their own. They need Satan to do it. So he's hunting down people essentially as a way of clearing his own name. He hears about Matutia. We're not quite sure how, but he's like, perfect. I'm going to make an example out of her. And he does it by stewing up a cauldron of bullshit. (laughs) First, he accuses her of spells. That was fair. She super did spells. (laughs) All those things that I listed, we have them because people literally recounted them during the trial. Then he goes in and says, what about prostitution? This was also fair. Here's the thing, guys. So Italian nuns, during the 1400s, it was not uncommon for them to engage in a little, like, fun night out on the town. They had this bad habit of putting on their bad habit and just, like, having a good night. (laughs) So it was possible that she was fucking around, but she was specifically accused of prostitution with women. Because this is prostitution that men don't get anything out of, and therefore it is heightened bad. Okay, this was not enough. So he pulls in one more charge. Embezzlement, question mark? (laughs) Nearby, there was a construction project that actually did have somebody embezzling money from it. He just, like, loops her in on the scandal. Friends, I found this really charming because as an Italian-American, I really like to know that 
Us and construction schemes, tale as old as time, my friends. This still is not enough to actually accuse her of witchcraft because there's no devil involved and she's not confessing. So it takes a darker turn. As of the 1400s, torture was a tool in trial. If someone confessed without torture, that was considered a less trustworthy confession. She suddenly starts saying stuff that's very different than what she confessed to previously, and it's pretty clear that torture was involved. Are any of you guys super familiar with 1400s Italian torture? Anybody want to confess a kink right now? (laughs) Guys, the less gross options include the head crusher, which will squish your head real little. Alternately, there's the rack, which will stretch you out real long. And if none of that gets you, they just tell you Game of Thrones spoilers until you crack. (laughs) This is where... Matucha's confessions get a little bit more specific. So she says, yes, I have been kicking it with the devil. But I haven't just been kicking it with the devil. I've been finding little tiny babies, sucking their blood out, and making it into an ointment that I rub on my body to turn into a fly to buzz buzz to the devil. Here's the thing, my friends. I would buy that. Like, if it was an option, I would be very, very down. Guys, this is where it really becomes serious because it's subverting the role of a woman. This is really common in witchcraft trials. So witches are not the mother who gives, right? They're the mother who takes. It's an overblowing of what was actually happening. So they're saying she has gone so far from the traditional role of a woman, she's actually killing babies. Really what they're upset about is what she was actually doing, really small rebellions against the role of the woman within Catholic doctrine. Even those very, very small things like giving your husband a love potion, that's enough to subvert the role of a woman. So this is just the blown up version. And with all of this, it's damning. It's enough to put her on trial, it's enough to execute her. Finally, she is burned at the stake, where we assume she went out like a fucking baller. (laughs) Guys, here's the thing. Bernardino did all of this because he was trying to discourage future witches. It didn't work. Because when you made up all of the evidence, it doesn't discourage people. Valcomonica were the witch trials about 100 years later in Italy, where over 100 people died because none of this had any effect. Bernardino you might be familiar with because he became Saint Bernardino. He became a saint after this. Also, the city of San Bernardino is named after him, which is the meanest way to honor someone, so I feel fine about it. What a shithole. <laughs> For Matucha, she's almost completely gone, right? I didn't know her name before I started researching this. So in her honor, my friends, I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to take that little bird that we all carry with us for a special someone. I want you to burn it up And I want you to put it in their wine. Thank you guys very much. Okay, that was Anna Bianco talking about Matatuccia de Francesco. Anna is a New York City-based comic and museum consultant. You can catch her at the Metropolitan Museum of Art doing stand-up around the city or on Twitter at AnnaCaneBianco.com. Um, unfortunately, Metatuccia's story is a pretty common one throughout history. Like Anna said, society was set up in 
every way to make women dependent on men, from marriage to owning property. Women basically had as much autonomy as a paperweight. Maybe slightly less. Definitely less. (laughs) So anyone who displayed any independence at all was a heretic and most likely Beelzebub's side piece. Mm. Women were meant to be seen, not heard. Opening your mouth could cost you your life. They tried their damnedest to stamp these rebellions out because they didn't want that shit to catch fire. Being drawn and quartered was bad, but honestly, it sounds like living under the patriarchy was its own kind of torture. I'm so glad that's over. So glad we don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) On our next episode, you're going to hear about Benedetta Carlini, Catholic mystic, lesbian nun, your new idol. As told by Professor Catherine Clune Taylor, you're gonna love her. My name's Kylie Holloway. I'm Molly Gaby. This has been Nevertheless She Existed, and just remember to keep your pet dicks close and your best lady friends closer. Third nipple, 2020. 2020! We're starting a Patreon account. <laughs> Nevertheless She Existed is produced by me, Kylie Holloway. Our editor is the fabulous Paula Pickering, and our executive producers are Ben Lilly and Kate Downey. They're fabulous too. Our theme music is Wasting My Time by Thick. Nevertheless, She Existed is a production of Caveat. Follow us on socials at CaveatNYC and head to our website, caveat.nyc, to see upcoming podcasts as well as live events. You can follow Molly at Molly Gaby and Kylie at There's a Holloway. See you next time. <laughs>